Good morning, all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am here to talk to you about reinvention. I love this new conversation with Kate Eisler because she is very honest about that terrifying moment when you've worked for a big corporation your whole life. She was 20 years at uh, Microsoft. And when you finally leave that place and you wake up that next morning and you put your feet on the ground and you go, who am I and what am I and where am I going and how am I heading and what do I want to do and what should I be doing? And I mean, it's just one big scary thing. And I do believe that many people stay in their jobs because they're afraid of that moment. They stay in jobs that are unfulfilling. They stay in jobs that they're not being treated properly in because they're afraid of that moment. They don't know what that means. They don't know what to write on the form for your kid's school that says, what do you do? You know, profession or business. And it's like big question mark, I don't know. So everybody's afraid. But what I love is she's really honest about how after traveling the world for Microsoft, she decided it was time to figure out what she was going to do herself and who she was going to be. And she created this fabulous thing called the W Marketplace. It's an e-commerce platform built to support women-owned businesses. And it's really interesting, the economics of it. And she also just wrote a book, which is called her memoir, which is Breaking Borders. And that's all about her life and literally traveling the world, her husband in tow, um, and learning and becoming this major executive and then reinventing herself as an entrepreneur. So I think it's a wonderful conversation and I hope you'll enjoy listening to Kate Eisler. Good morning, Kate. Good to see you here. Nice to see you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So um, I think we should start with your own personal reinvention, because I know you have a book um, that just came out, which is called Breaking Borders, where you talk about, it's a memoir, it talks about your history. So maybe let's start there. And then after that, we will get to the W Marketplace, um, where you're helping other women reinvent, which is what I love. I love a, a two-pronged interview. It's always interesting. So maybe talk a little bit of where'd you grow up? Where are you from? And I know you were a mom for a long time and, and that's part of your story too. So I grew up um, really in lots of places. Um, my father was a hotel innkeeper, which meant I lived in a hotel for the first 10 years of my life. So not very traditional for sure. Um, most of that in the South and um, in the Southwest eventually. But, you know, it taught me at a very young age to be a people observer. And I learned to make friends really fast because I went to, I believe, 11 schools by the time I was a junior in high school. So lots of moving, lots of transition. Um, but my adult history has really been in technology. And interestingly enough, I, I went to work for Microsoft early on. And it was really before I was a college graduate, before I had a lot of experience, I just sort of happened into a position there and spent most of my career with them outside the US. 
So very interesting time for sure. And what were you doing for them? Were you in the tech area or were you in sales or marketing or what were you doing? All of it. I mean, um, at that point, you know, the, the qualifications for working for them were really a lot of energy and a passion for changing the world with technology. And I did lots of jobs in lots of really hospitable places for women like the Middle East and in Africa and Central Asia. And so I sort of laugh about it. It really um, when I think about reinventing or even inventing, um, I did that all the time and did that with a family and a husband and really, you know, before it was a very common place. We ended up in the Middle East in the early 90s with a toddler and a trailing husband, which was not the norm at the time. Was he a house husband or what did he do? He was a house husband. I talked him into making this trip um, as an adventure. I sort of sold it into him where it would be two years and it would be such a fun trip and we'd learn so much. And 20 years, six international moves and three children later, we came home. <laughs> so talk about all the reinventions that you did there. So the reinventions, you know, I think about... Reinventions are driven by a few things in my mind. One is, you know, um, a situation where you are forced to make a change in your life, either personally or professionally. And so you kind of have to evaluate. Or I think that, you know, reinventions are such an opportunity as well. And, you know, through my life, through different jobs, which everyone can relate to, those are things that we need to adjust and be thoughtful about and think about how we're going to approach. And so there was a lot of that country to country um, ups and downs in my career. And, and you know, I'm very candid about sometimes I moved up the corporate ladder and sometimes I moved down the corporate ladder or sideways. And so I did that um, and really evaluated what I was going to do. I was at Microsoft for a long time, um, two different types of, or two different tours of duty, I like to think of it. One time for nine years and one time for 10. And when I finally left the second time was probably my biggest reinvention. I had gone um, through my career looking around and being responsive and, you know, really trying to move forward. and. I really kind of got to the point where I knew I should have left the company a few years before I did. And so when I left, it was a very difficult transition and really required me to take a big step back and look across my life and kind of um, reevaluate as I reinvented, what did I want to do? What were the things I did? And, and honestly, the book was in response to that. I started writing about how um, I had progressed and how I had gotten to where I was because my self-esteem was a mess and I was feeling really depleted. And the book gave me the opportunity to look across my life and think I wasn't that bad and that I had been able to redirect and reinvent myself and, you know, learned a bunch of lessons along the way. And, you know, so I think that that reinvention was the biggest one. I came out of that, uh, the book was completed just over two years ago with a completely new set of goals and respect for 
the experience that I had gained. Can you describe what what kind of reinvention that was so people can understand and relate? What what do you mean when you had to look back out over your whole life and were you it's uh, I, I think we need more details on that. You bet. Um, I felt, you know, I was always identified myself as a corporate executive and I worked for Microsoft and that was part of my identity and I had business cards and I had a persona. And when I left there, I had nothing. And I felt like, you know, people stopped returning my calls because I wasn't Kate Eisler from Microsoft. I was just Kate Eisler. And who was that? And why, you know, what did I need to do? And so I really had to take a, a hard look and think, what was that persona? And for many women I know share that feeling of our work defines us and right or wrong, oftentimes that's the case. And so I had to figure out what the definition of me was. And so I started running a, a healthcare startup and it was difficult, but I had that identity. And so I started to work through what are the things that I am really good at and I think I could present myself and who do I want to be? And I had to create a new narrative. And really, I did that. Um, I started reaching out to people and created a network and started sort of every day becoming part of that network, communicating with those people and redefining who I could be and what I wanted to be in that space. And, you know, it, it was a difficult process, but I think it was such a, a good one to really decide if I wasn't part of a company and that persona it was terrifying, but what did I want to be and how could I start describing myself as that person? And that's what I did. So what kind of networks are you talking about? Are you talking about a, a LinkedIn group or are you talking about? A, you know, I, I really reached out to people that I had met through the, through my business and through LinkedIn and, and that I thought I could relate to. And what I found, it was very interesting. Um, some of those people were really stretched people. They were leaders in business, either in um, my area, meaning geographic in the Pacific Northwest or on the East Coast that I thought I had something in common with. And what I found that about 98% of the time they responded and were very happy to talk or to set up a quick phone call or meet for coffee. And so I really started to kind of you know, spread my wings and learn. And part of that was questioning, you know, tell me about your job. What do you do? How do you do it? What are your aspirations, company, personally? And really kind of built that type of relationship, which really allowed me to a, a much broader view than my career had been to date. And I got to know people who did a variety of things that I thought looked interesting. And it really empowered me to think, gosh, I could be like them. So let's talk about the, is that how you came up with the women's workplace, the, uh, the marketplace, or is that later on? So one of the things that I did uh, along the way as I left Microsoft and was running this digital health startup is I had always celebrated International Women's Day overseas, and it is a big deal in the rest of the world. And I had a colleague that, that moved here from Europe and asked me one January, why doesn't the US celebrate International Women's Day? Why is it only Mother's Day? 
And I didn't have a great answer for that. So we decided that we would host an event to celebrate International Women's Day, which is March 8th. And so at the time we thought we had six weeks, what could go wrong? We can create an event. So we did, um, and we put it out on our social media and we had 85 people and we had, a, you know, we rallied some people to speak sort of a panel discussion that I, I moderated and it was great. It was so fun. And so the next year people started asking us, what are you going to do? And we, the second year we hosted an event, we had over 300 people. And so we've done that for six years and in 2020, we were over well over 500 people. We had an in-person event at the Seattle Symphony Hall on or around March 8th. And as you know, 2020, the world shut down right after we had hosted our event. And so I was, you know, I couldn't figure out what to do to help women. And, you know, it's near and dear to me to this event. And International Women's Day is really about celebrating women's contributions across the spectrum of society and culture and economics, not just being mothers. And so I was, you know, I thought I have to do something. And I was so much more inspired by working with women and supporting women than I was in healthcare that I thought now is the time to make the switch. And I looked around and really realized what there wasn't available was a marketplace that was focused on women's businesses and supporting those businesses. So I drank a bunch of wine, had a little breakdown and decided that was what I was going to (laughs) do. So there you go. And explain what the marketplace is. Is it Etsy for females or is there more to it? No, actually the marketplace, um, we like to think of it as the economic engine for women. So there's a variety of things that are wrapped up in the marketplace. We really are a values-driven e-commerce site, but we host women's merchants and professional services and nonprofits and resources for women. So that's a really important piece because what we have done is take a look at how women work. And lots of women are starting businesses, running businesses, selling merchandise. So we wanted to be very friendly to that and allow our consumers to shop their values. And the other piece of that is women tend to over-index in the professional services areas consultants, design, coaches, accountants, and attorneys, you know, I could go on. But there is no place as a female business owner to easily find those resources. And so we thought, you know, let's encourage those women that are offering those services to a place where we could connect them with women. So, you know, at the, at the baseline, you think I can get a candle, a scarf, clothes, shoes, and a coaching session, and I can help my business by finding a business accountant or a trademark attorney. And so, you know, if I look across that spectrum, we offer all of that to consumers. The most amazing thing that has happened is the ecosystem that has developed across our vendors on the marketplace. So very specifically, what we have found is the women that are in business are 
doing business with one another. So very specifically, if I'm a, um, a merchant and I'm selling apparel, I might need um, an attorney or a bookkeeper. And so we've hooked those people up with other people on the marketplace. By the same token, if I am a coach or an accountant, my business is coaching an accountant. It isn't graphic design. And so I may not have the ability or the the desire to create graphics to put a storefront on an e-commerce site. And so we connect those women with business owners that are doing graphic design and that are creating um, assets for an e-commerce site. And so it's become this fantastic ecosystem of women working with women. Um, We started with about 300 products was our goal to have on the site. And that was the end of September when we launched. And today we have about 2,300 products on the site. And so we're thrilled about that. Incredible. And do you take a cut of their business or how do you stay alive? Or are you just a not-for-profit open source for them? Or how do you, how do you fund yourself? Well, it's interesting because, you know, most people, I've never been good at at following a normal path and doing the prescribed way. So most people start a successful business and spin off a nonprofit. Well, the International Women's State Organization that I have co-founded is Be Bold Now, and that's a nonprofit. So we ran the nonprofit, and then now we've spun off a for-profit business. And so what we do is um, we charge a, um, a subscription fee to our vendors on the marketplace. And then everything that goes through our sales channel, we charge a percentage. And generally it is much lower than other marketplaces. So when we look at other women driven marketplaces or Etsy or Amazon, all of those, we are well below all of those. So we charge a total of 11% and that is 3% money processing and 8% commission. And we really do, you know, what sets us apart also is that we really do support our vendors. We host monthly community calls and we offer three of those where we share the investments that we are doing to drive traffic to the site. We share um, insights that we've learned from the data and visitors. We share, you know, all sorts of analytics about our site. We listen to our sellers, but we also give them the opportunity at that point to meet and to talk to one another and to kind of start that business communication. And what we're finding is, again, you know, that's such a robust community that, you know, if someone has a tax um, question and they've started a new business and we have much more experienced people on the call and on the site, there is that camaraderie and that they're feeling that if women work together, we can change culture and we can gain economic parity. And that's really what our goal is. It's so incredible. The same thing has happened. I wasn't going at it the same way, but I was trying to connect women on Covey. And by connecting women, they're all doing business with each other. Like that's it's just so funny. And then they all, I was on a call recently um, where I found out everybody on the call had either used a service or gotten to know, sometimes it's friendship connections, or even pulled people from the podcast. 
um, for services or products or friendship. It was such a wonderful thing, which was what I was hoping for, but never thought it might really happen. It, I don't know if it happens as much with men, but it definitely happens with women. Well, I think that there's a relationship element to all that women do. And, and we like to do people with business with people we know. And so one of the things that we also do in the site is we feature what we call her stories. And so um, our site is really set up to provide women with the opportunity to, to tell their story individually. So we have um, a mini website so that you have a homepage and you have the ability to put videos or your story on your own site as well as listing your products. And then we take those stories and we feature them on our homepage often. So we have right now, I think this week we have eight Her Story up on the site where you just can learn a little bit about who you're investing your dollars in to do business with. And I think that's a really important and key piece because you know, in this time where women are so disproportionately affected by the pandemic, we want to provide that that connection and the economic support. So let's talk about if somebody wants to do a similar thing to what you did, what tips and tricks would you offer them? Because we, we talk about inspiration, but then I always get the, um, the typical Covey person who's like, but how? What were the steps? Give me the one, two, three. <laughs> And if you were talking to a friend like me, you know, who's been around the block, we've been managers, we've been all this stuff. What are the things you would say to a, a good girlfriend about do this, don't do that? So, you know, I think truly that women, we get in our own way. We self-select out so often because we feel like we don't have the right education. We don't have the expertise or the network or the finances or that people depend on us so we can't quite follow through with what we'd like to do. And so my thought is, you know, really straightforward is try it. You know, don't hold yourself back. As you said, you know, you've been managers, you have relationships, you have experience, why not? And so what I did is started to reach out to a few people that said, here's what I wanna do. I wanna create a marketplace, what should I do? You know, how should I do that? And really did some research there, talked to people, and, you know, learned Shopify to be really straightforward. I was like, okay, I've had no experience in e-commerce. And so I started from that point. I started to talk to friends that I knew might be interested. My co-founder in the W Marketplace was directly affected and laid off as a result of the pandemic. And so I was talking to her and we both sort of thought, well, I have business skill and you have marketing skill. And so let's learn Shopify and figure out how to do it. And from that point, we have attracted the team. We just one day at a time, I learn something new every single day. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to be very theoretical about it, but I'm very open to learning and very open to, oh my gosh, that wasn't the right decision or I did that wrong. How can I do it differently? And I think that's really the key. Step off the Step off the curb and try it. What was your moment of saying, oh my God, maybe I did this wrong or I really blew that one or I should have, should have, would have, could have. Was there anything that got in your way there? And how um, 
from the W marketplace about three o'clock every morning, I wake up and think, Oh my gosh, what have I done? Um, and I, you know, again, it's, I think I've made, we've made smaller mistakes so far, but the key is listening. And, you know, we thought that a lot of our customer base would come from end users to begin with consumers buying things. And that would be the real driver of our business. And what we're finding is that the driver of our business is the vendors themselves today, which is we are operating a site that allows them to get an e-commerce business up and running or scale to an e-commerce from a brick and mortar business or expand their audience to a nationwide audience in the in this time for about a quarter of the cost it takes for them to set up their own website and start their own business. And so what we're finding is the volume versus the consumers is what's driving our business. So we're seeing sellers come on and bring their audience. That's driving our business. And frankly, partnerships with bigger corporations that are supporting and offer to help women with the cost of getting on board the marketplace, creating their assets, creating their e-commerce offer that is so much more um, efficient and cost-effective than creating their own unique website and then learning how to do SEO and drive traffic to their own website. So we're, we've just seen a shift in that. And I, you know, I worry about it every single day because I have people that are depending on me for a salary and their livelihood. And it's a frightening thing, but it's my passion. And so I'm committed to supporting these women. Awesome. That's great. Kate, thank you so much. That's fantastic. And everybody will go check out both your book and your site. And uh, I think that's just, it's a, it's a great, segue from being the old corporate person. And thank you for being so honest about how terrifying that is once you leave that corporation. It's very frightening. And I don't think that women were prepared for that to become such a big part of who they are and their identity. With, I think we're going through the same thing that men for generations had, which was they were their job, but we were not prepared for that. hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kate. And if anybody is worried about that day after leaving corporate America, I hope you know that you're not alone. There's many, many of us just like that. And we all made it. It was terrifying, especially those first few days when you don't know whether you should put on your makeup or do your hair or maybe not. It's really frightening. But the good news is you can get through it and we can all become the person that we want to become. So I hope you enjoy that. Come visit us at coveyclub.com and you can learn to be whatever you want to be in this second half and we'll help you find your bliss. Take care.